welcome to Read This Movie, the podcast. The podcast about the art of adaptation. I'm Nikki Turner. And I'm James Tracy. And this is, you know, it doesn't seem maybe like a special episode, but to us it's a special episode. It's sort of a little special episode, I suppose. So Uh, we're not going to post this right as we record it because spoilers, but we saw, uh, both of us individually saw the movie Jojo uh, Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, which is uh, the TIFF Audience People's Choice Award winner. Yeah, the Grolsch. The, the Grolsch People's yes, Choice at TIFF. At TIFF. Um, so it, it actually had its world premiere at TIFF. Yeah. It's this extremely highly anticipated film. It ended up winning People's Choice. Which basically means it's... By the time you hear this podcast episode, it'll be well deep into its Oscar run for Best Picture. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, so we're going to post it once the movie has come out. But we're recording in September after we've just seen the film. Yeah, we saw the we both saw the movie about a week ago, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. We, couldn't, um, we couldn't find time to record before then, yes. but we're still, it's very fresh. Yes, it's very fresh. But, um, but yeah, but as a result, we were here to talk today about um, the book Caging Skies by... Christine Leunins Leunins we're not quite sure sure. Um, but it is the book which Jojo Rabbit is based on and uh, yeah we just sort of wanted to we wanted to do something kind of really fresh and topical the book actually just came out on August 6th in North America it was out in Europe and elsewhere yeah, I think it was I think it's like a 10 year old book is that is that is right it? I think so I, I think I feel like oh. I read it in the thing like it was originally written back in 2008 it did in North America though it was just released so for us it's quite new um like we got we got the book the day it came out because we knew that the movie we knew that we wanted yeah. to do this book and this movie um for the podcast so for north america it's super fresh again the book is called caging skies so if you want to go pick that one up too i don't think a lot of people realize that jojo rabbit is based off of a book oh yeah um so i was in line for seeing the movie and and, and after i got out of the theater i mentioned offhandedly like oh i really like the movie spoiler alert uh i guess i'm giving it a little away but um i just sort of briefly talked to people in line and they were actually very surprised that it's based on a book and uh that's too bad i'm actually really excited now to talk about it though because yeah. we get to talk about this book that not too many people are ha- have read well, at least in north america and it's yeah and it's because it wasn't really available and it's uh, so taika watiti who directed um jojo rabbit he said that the reason he wanted to make this movie was his mom read the book and she explained like she like gave a summary of the book to him and he was like i want to make that a movie (laughs) and then he went and read the book and he was like well this isn't exactly what my mom said and so this is maybe going to be the loosest adaptation we do so the general gist of the book it's a world war ii story set in austria um occupied by Germany, yep. obviously. Uh, Hitler's coming, rising in power. It's the usual, uh, you know, everybody knows that time period, that awful, awful yeah, time period. Yeah, but we all, honestly, what I really, already getting into my feelings about the book, what I really liked about the book is I, every time I read a story about um, World War II, it is from the perspective of either someone Jewish living through it, or it's from the perspective of... No, it, it's never from the perspective of a, a Hitler youth. 
Oh yeah, that's I yeah. So basically, the gimmick of the book is that um, it's told from the perspective of a first a boy who is in the Hitler Youth, and then his as he grows as he up grows, yeah, as he ages. Uh, that and it all kind of culminates. And it's sort towards... of it's sort of about his first love and appreciation of Hitler, and then maybe beginning to question, but also his just total self preservation and absorb he's he's very self-absorbed the whole thing he 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 clearly grew up in a time where he didn't have you know the same focus he didn't have as much parenting many of the children were kind of almost taken away from their parents put into schools where there was a lot of propaganda to say you know jewish people are bad everyone else is bad we're cleansing the world we're making the aryan race etc etc and so it's totally from that perspective and it's incredibly interesting yeah. to see it from that side you know we always look at that as like oh these horrible horrible people but it is really interesting to look at it from a side of but they're people and maybe it's it's almost like when people are fascinated by serial killers and they're like but i want to understand i know i always, always bring it back bring to that back to but, but it's it's that fascination of i want to know how your mind works so this book really interested <laughs> me in that sense because i really have never thought about that perspective at all yeah, that was uh this was such an interesting book because I basically started reading the first like three or four chapters and I was like pretty sure I was gonna hate it. Based <laughs> like based explicitly on that. Like I was yeah. like, how much do I need to like actually read the perspective of like someone who is like a Nazi and someone who is in the Hitler youth? Someone who thinks Hitler is God's gift. Yeah. Like have you ever actually met someone who thinks Hitler is God's gift? God, I I definitely hope not. I feel like if they ha- if I have like everyone yeah. I know is like you know when they're like oh you're the worst person on earth well except except Hitler you know like everyone <laughs> uses Hitler as that like that number one public enemy person right He's the most famous person in the history of humanity and it's it's not a good thing yeah he's infamous right <laughs> yeah exactly um so it's super interesting but the general gist of the book is that um this young boy he's you know taught to love hitler he goes and he decide he starts fighting in the war when he's quite young Yeah, he's very like uh it's basically like a catalog of his entire time uh basically kind of uh starting in the hitler youth and really kind of getting sucked into the propaganda of yeah hitler once he starts to like rise up through the it, through the political landscape in like the mid 30s and he 30s. immediately like from a young age like he's 15 or something and then he goes to war yeah and he's like helping on the you know he's not like a front linesman because he's He's too young, but he's volunteering with yeah. more efforts and he ends up getting injured. Yep. So because of his injury, he has to be sent back home. Yep. And this is where the story really begins. Yeah, this like the rest is all set up to see who he is. It's also to like get into the frame of mind of what uh like makes not just him tick, but like sort of like the appeal of what why he was appealed to be becoming a Nazi, which is Yeah fascinating and terrifying it's so terrifying uh, it's, because because like it's not it's so serious this book is a drama it's a it's a it's very serious like when the teachers are teaching him things in school it's all like very it's very and he's like taking it and he's very young he's very gullible and he's just like oh wow you know all this stuff is true and it's clearly like we know as readers that it's clearly lies but you can just see how he formulates it in his brain and how he's like oh wow like this is actually a thing that's happening it's crazy it's like it's like reading a 
uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very curious how the author got all this information because like if there was like any kind of like sources she was working. Well, they probably of. had textbooks and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Well, I'm like sure. there's that, but I'm also curious just in terms of the mindset as well, like because like like to tr- sort of paint the picture of this person is so fully formed and so like diluted, like it's so it, you can't imagine that like just like out of the blue, like that like it's such an interesting. Yeah, and there's character. other cases of of propaganda and stuff in the world having yeah. been done successfully and people having been brainwashed, like you think just like cult leaders yeah. and stuff like that. It's highly possible. Like if you think of Nazi Germany, Germany, it's almost like this very gigantic cult. The oh, way yeah, that it's, people it's, are brainwashed. Yeah, it's absolutely like So I think, reads. you know, you could just like, you could almost look at any case study and, and, and then if you do re- enough research on the actual war and you could look at the text, like they have textbooks that they were t- that they were using to do. I remember in school when we did uh, World War II in yeah. history class, like we got pictures of like examples of what they were learning. And it was like nuts to me at that point. It is, it is very fascinating just like capturing that era for sure. And like seeing it from that perspective is like, was totally, uh, that was like, despite hating like the not really hating but thinking that i was going to hate it for the first few chapters i really kind of came to like really truly getting a interesting perspective on this and being like genuinely terrified and horrified for yeah. a lot of it and so it's gripping the, it is the very, first oh, like 100%. this first like section that we're talking about is is so i couldn't stop reading i couldn't put it down yeah. um and then we get yeah he, he he's injured yeah and so he gets sent home and his mother and father you can tell are not oh his uh, interested he well it's it's a, this is the, in the, hitler yeah <laughs> the, i love the way that the book sort of like frames his perspective on the whole thing because you can clearly tell that like his father is very much anti-fascism and he is very much part of the war efforts against the nazis the resistance yeah yeah the resistance and uh um, but he doesn't give a shit like like the or, or Johannes. Yeah. The boy, or, or, did we even say no, his name? His, his name, name is Johannes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is. Uh, he doesn't really give a shit about what his dad does. He sort of sees him coming in and out and is sort of aware. His dad's a factory owner. Yeah. He just thinks my dad's going to work yeah. to, to the factory and then he's coming home, whatever. And his mom's the same way. You know, she's yeah. she's very she even argue like we overhear an argument between the mother and father where um, the father corrects Johannes after he says something like really outlandish about Jewish people. And the mother's like, no, don't correct him. It's safer for him. If he's spouting all these ideas and everyone in in Austria sees that he's clearly like gung-ho about Hitler, he's safer. Yeah. And so she actually is like, no, let him believe it. Let him think this. Don't correct him. Which is... Which is like double, Crazy. yeah. But also, she's just thinking about keeping her son safe. Yeah, she's thinking of it from like a very micro perspective. Like, this is my household, and I'm trying to like ma- maintain it on like some like in the face of like this existential. Yeah. Threat. But like, not really understanding the ramifications of sort of letting him sort of develop that uh, mentality because yeah. it basically destroys his relationship with his father and mother, and like and like. Um, I, I don't know how much we want to spoil here because no, I don't want to, people... sp- I don't want to spoil it too much. Like, like the story is one thing, but like the actual ins and outs, cause this book to me, yes, there's like, it's quite a great story, but 
It's more in the characters. Yeah. The characters are what really, really drives the story. And even like his mother and father are so interesting to me. His grandmother is yep. incredibly interesting. And then there's one other there's, very main character yeah. who we'll get to now. Yeah. So when Johannes arrives back home injured from the war, he, you know, it takes him a really long time to recover and he's hearing things. Yeah, he starts and... hearing noises in the walls. He sort of gets starts getting paranoid. And surprise, surprise, uh, his parents his parents are hiding a uh, Jewish girl in the walls. And uh, very specifically, his dead older sister's best friend. Yes. So they they had found her, and they had taken her in to protect her. And of course, he finds out, and he has this internal battle he's old enough now he's what like 17 at this point yeah he's he's old enough now to to grasp that and he's also very much having thoughts about like he's like a 17 year old who's very obsessed with the idea of like sex and yeah he's going through puberty and those thoughts are on his mind quite a bit he's mad because he's like she's she's not a real human like he 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 totally doesn't view her as a person but he also understands that if he turns it like if he turns her in he's effectively turning in his parents well this is this is why this is, this why is I find the start the this is where it first begins yes and um the book sort of uh I, f- I feel like there's no way to really talk about this book without getting into spoilers so much so you've been warned so like i'm just <laughs> warning everyone right now if you if this if this book sounds at all interesting to you and it should, and it should because it's incredible it's, it's very maybe excellent. just like skip over this episode read the book come back yeah, to it I, like because all of the other books have been all read, readily available in our, or if you topical. don't care about spoiling the movie yeah you can just thing. skip over the book part yeah and then just come to the movie part but yeah uh, it begins with um him essentially being a little worried about turning in his, his parents. parents but there's also like an element there's also a psychological element to it like he also likes He's holding like, the i'm in control he loves her. holding that power and basically what happens is is over the years which uh, is this book spans this spans quite a long time until i think 1949 is the last year of the yeah. book um the entire re- core relationship of the book is him holding power over this jewish girl named elsa named elsa who he's um i say falling in love with finger he's quotes obsessed obsessed yes is that's actually it much starts better. as infatuation and interest yeah because at first he's like this is where this is a big thing that when we talk about the movie so i want to actually get it out oh there. yeah absolutely um there is this book is a lot of um, internal monologue. Yeah. It's a lot of being in Johannes's head and him thinking about everything that's going on around him and trying to deal with these situations. And more more explicitly, if you really want to get into it, it's about the way his mental capacity is deluding himself into like creating this false version of reality that he's like desperately trying to hold he's, on to. Because- yeah. So like we said... You know, the book ends uh, like in like 1949. That's significantly past when the war ends. Yeah. So um, you can gather from there. Some weird, uh, basically, um, as the book sort of goes along, the war starts to turn badly for the Nazis. And yeah. Johannes, as we all know. <laughs> even, as we all know. And as Johannes, uh, despite the fact that um, he is living with a Jewish girl and is learning from her and, and and communicating and like forming a relationship with her he's still deluded into like this nazi he, ideal oh he thinks 
oh, she's she should be lucky. I'm I'm a picture of the Aryan race. Uh, yeah. And you know, she has muddy eyes like this isn't a romantic dark features and uh, you know i'm beautiful i have blue eyes and blonde hair like this is really how he views himself that he is above he is a higher echelon he is a higher race yeah and it doesn't matter how much he loves her or says he loves her he thinks he's better than her and despite he him being crippled not having a hand his face being disfigured he thinks no, I'm better than her. And I, she should be thanking me. She should be me. thanking me for, for protecting her all these years. Yeah. And providing for her and putting all this effort into her. And and also, Elsa, not perfect. Elsa's a piece of work, too. Uh, yes. Elsa uh, has been dealt a very horrible hand. You know, yeah. her... Her, she, she, before the the war begins, well, I think she's engaged to this man she's so in love with. And yeah, she has like this. She has this great family, this amazing stuff. So the war hits, and now she's locked in this tiny hole in the wall. At first, she's sort of as, like, she seems like just kind of someone she's quite, who's, she's scared. She's, she's, she's kind of like shy and like very demure. Yeah. She's not a big character in that sense. Like, very. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, exactly. she has no one. She has no one to talk to, and no one to like have any sort of relationship. She's scared. She's yeah. shy. And she is, and she is like fearing for her life and yeah. starving. So, like, yeah, she's very much like reserved. And the only relationship she sort of ends up forming uh, in this book is with Johannes. Yeah, like she talks to his. He she talks to his mother occasionally. But not. It's but the not mother, a, even the mother says, you know, if it comes between you and my son, I'm getting rid of you. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm protecting my son over you. Exactly. Don't do anything bad. And it's it just it and it, it's this huge. It's secrets, right? Yeah. Like the the mom doesn't know Johannes knows that Elsa is there, and Elsa's not telling the mother. Like they all, it's they're all keeping these secrets from each other. Yeah, yeah. And it's the dad's away, whatever. And, and as the story, the grandmother's like bedridden. Yeah. She's pretty much in bed. As the story goes on, um, and it, and spoiler alert again, but we already warned oh, you. We so already did don't it. feel you can bad. do whatever you want to. Um, We're fine. Yeah. You can, yeah, okay. This is your fault. Now. This is, yeah. Okay. Um, so both, uh, Johannes's mother and father die. They're caught for being part of the resistance. They're killed. And he's left to care for his grandmother and Elsa. Yeah. But he, again, one, is only has one hand. Yeah. He can't cook. He can't clean. He doesn't actually know how to do anything because he was taken away from home at a really young age and not taught any of these life skills. He has no life skills whatsoever. Yeah, it's almost like uh, the, the Nazis are bad at teaching you home ec stuff. <laughs> the only thing they give a shit about is uh, how to properly kill Jewish people and how to fight in wars. So yeah. like, he has no like actual he, human skills. He doesn't know how to do anything. Yeah. And so he's just like wandering around, like trying to figure out, like he's like, at one point, he just starts selling furniture from his home because yeah. he's like, well, I don't have a job. I don't know how to make money. Like, and he, he doesn't even, he doesn't even, it's it's funny. He doesn't even, like, it doesn't seem like he makes an effort to even try to find a job, really. Like, he he kind of does, but like. But, but no like, one really wants to hire him. And, and he doesn't make, he doesn't make an he effort He has no to, skills. He has no skills. He doesn't even make an effort to learn skills. He just feels like he's owed it. Yeah, he really he feels is, like he's owed. Because he is, he's, he is the Aryan child, yeah. the poster and he, child. And he's fought for his country. Exactly. And, Totally. And 
And Elsa starts becoming more demanding. It's almost like being around that kind of toxic character, that toxic person yeah. kind of makes you And also, being, yeah. not just being around that toxic character, but being, you know, alone all yeah, the time. isolated. Isolated and just like, she's clearly so severely depressed and like her only happiness comes from when Johannes brings her things. Yeah. Like when he lets her wear his mother's clothes and when he like gets her art supplies or when she and... get when she gets like a news from the from the war even good and bad news like it doesn't it, she just wants to know what's going on and like she just sort of wants to be out in 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 life and living but she's not like and at one point and this is the biggest spoiler of all because this is yeah. a big penultimate climax of the book yeah um she they're obviously um you know, Germany loses the war and, and they're celebrating. There's noises and it's clearly like this uproar in, yeah. in Austria <laughs> and she can hear it from inside the house. And when Johannes gets back, she asks him, what's, like, what's happening? What's, what's happening? going on outside? Did, who, like who won the war? And, and he Yo says, Johannes, we did. Yes, says that the Nazis won the war even though they lost. And so... She's obviously super deflated. Yeah. And has, she realizes this, I have to stay here. I either die or I stay here. And he continues to take care of her. He brings her things. And she starts getting more suspicious, though. She asks yeah. for newspaper clippings. She yeah. wants to know what happened. And, you know, he starts trying to clip together things and make it work. And yeah. it's just this huge, this huge game to him. How can he trick her? How can he gaslight her in some occasions into like, you know, how dare you? I'm risking my life for you. And all you can do is question me. You know, it's like this super manipulative, abusive relationship. Oh, it is awful. He's horrible. But like she becomes, she's like not even a person anymore. She's not, you know, she just becomes like this. Oh, very much a shell of what she was. Yeah, she's such a shell. She's like. She it's, doesn't care. She like lets, she ends up having sex with him. She lets, she has this like pseudo relationship with yeah, him. Yeah, like this. Out of, I don't know if it's pity, boredom, uh, lack of care. I think it's just, she literally has nothing and he is the only thing she can grasp Compa- onto. Yeah, there's like, like some sort of companionship. It. And it's so brutally horrifying watching this or reading about this man just like torment her for years and 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 try to justify it like through this mentality like oh he does justify it he thinks that he's doing her like he every time he like does like she gets mad at him for something or like won't have sex with him he feels like she's punishing him and he doesn't deserve this he's owed this sexual gratification from her yeah this this respect he is owed because of that he provides her a home yeah and 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 even and even when she starts gaining weight and he's less he he becomes less attracted to her oh yeah and he he suddenly and you know she gets you know a lot She's like looter and she just, she clearly doesn't care. She's like given up on life. She's like, whatever, yeah. this is, she's a captive. Yeah. And it's, it's like this crazy situation where even though he's like not super attracted to her anymore, they like clearly hate each other. That yeah. all they do is argue. He still wants her so badly. It it's not, it's because it's not, it's not a real relationship it's an ownership you yeah use he it as like her. an object and he doesn't like having her around but it's but she he gets jealous of their pet cat 
Yeah, exactly. Because she likes the cat more. And at one point he's like saying that the cat is too sexual with her. Oh it's my God. Like yeah, that's right. This, the most insane, like the most insane thought process. You're just like, yeah. wait, what? You think the cat is being sexual? And then he goes and gets the cat neutered. And that's like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's like his way of desexualizing the cat. And it's just, it's hilarious. Like to think that someone's so delusional. It is very darkly comic. Uh, in Like on, not necessarily while you're reading it. It's horrifying. It's upon it. reflection. Upon reflection. It is like very like, what the fuck is wrong with this and man? He, he just carries on the charade. And every time I thought the book was going to end, you know, like, yeah, it, it feels like it's going to end Quite a few times. Not that I want it to. Like no, I'm, yeah. I read this book very, very quickly. But every time I felt like the book was going to end, I like knew there was more. You know, there was too many more pages. And I was like, is this just a really long author's note at the end? I just, like, I did not. Like, honestly, I I, I kept the thing it, about this book. It I ends just, perfectly. Though. It ends perfectly. And I don't want to spoil it. Like, we, no, we, we, won't, spoil, give, we, we won't, won't give the ending. Away, but... Um, every time I thought I had a handle on this book, it sort of like just kind of throws you th- like got out of my grasp and just like threw me for a loop again. And it's funny because the first half of the book, while the war is actually happening, is where most like mo- it's like more action heavy. The yeah. second half of the book is completely character driven. Yeah. Like not there. There are, you there know, are events, there's conflicts there's and like events happening. Houses, but uh, it's not, you know, it's it's very based on characters. Yeah. And it's it's a really very introspective look into the like, again, like I, I said it already. It is very like a, a character study onto like the mentality of this person who is driven by like this rampant toxic ideology in yeah. his life and i wonder like i sometimes i think wouldn't it be cool to see elsa's perspective in all this but then i thought it actually wouldn't be no not because i don't want to know her perspective but i think i can gather her perspective well like, you know what yeah. she's so she becomes so honest and so you know she just doesn't care yeah, she's, she's just so given up that I honestly think her perspective, as much as it's the more interesting perspective in that, like, she's clearly not the villain in the story. Yeah. I feel like in the context of this book, reading the the version by this, like, clear, like, I don't know if I want to say psychopath, but clearly oh, a wanna, sociopath. I, I absolutely want to say psychopath. Oh, really? Sure. I, I'm more on sociopathic levels. Um, and I think... So, oh, sorry, you're thinking more clinical than I am. I'm mostly just using it as, like, a slur. Oh, no, I'm him. actually clinically, like, I okay. think he's a sociopath. Oh, uh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, to be fair, all Nazis, I feel like, are, on some level, have to be sociopathic or psychopathic, because they're, like... I, I, like I, yes. Otherwise, like, I... I but the problem and... is that he, you know, a lot of, a lot of Nazis, after the fact, were, like, either... This is, a, I'll bring it up later because it's something Taika Watiti said in the Q&A and I thought it was actually very interesting. Well, you gotta bring it up now. Okay, it's okay, it's okay. Part, it's about the Okay, book. so one of the things he said in the movie or after in the Q&A was that, you know, not not everyone who fought in the war for Germany was a Nazi. There were good people that just happened to be German that were generals or whatever and they didn't actually agree with Hitler but they were German and they, you know what I mean? And he said, as much as yes we think of the nazis as horrible people he's like you can't go you can't make like a blanket statement saying like every single person everything they did was horrible and you're giving me a look like (laughs) i'm not he phrased it much better than i am let me first say that but what he's getting at is that like 
people do redeeming quality. Like there were Nazis in the war who ended up like this is a super basic uh, uh, example, but like Schindler's List, like he was clearly like all for oh yeah he Germany, was within and the Nazi he, party. He was then... in the Nazi party, and then he did something good. That was the point he was trying to make: was that people can change, people changed and made good things well, that, i'm not saying johannes no no Definitely i know you're not, not johannes i mostly but like in that context the thing about even the reason i don't necessarily view those people in the same kind of light as like nazis already is because they automatically they the act of being in the middle of the war and yes being like being someone like yes. oscar schindler you're doing anti-fascism at that point yes. once you're in the thick of it and like you're like that's what he oh, was how- that's what he was pointing out, and I'll explain the part of the movie that he was specifically talking yeah. about because that maybe makes will make more sense okay. to what I was getting at. But you know when you have thoughts in your brain and they relate, but then maybe you're not relaying properly what you're thinking. That's I get what, what you I just mean. did. Yeah, I, I think I get where you're getting at. Yeah, it's hard to. My point is that there are there were certain people in the war that weren't all bad. They ended up either doing something or you know turning other people in, whatever. They 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 there are these... helped in some way. Even though they were a part of something really, yeah, shitty. no, they're they're a smaller part. Like they're small acts of um, fighting Humanity fascism and, and fighting Nazis yeah. that are like, and and there are human people within those ranks that helped, yes, make that movement fall apart. Not yes. just from the outside, and that's but from the and inside. that's what I'm trying to get at. Okay, and so I don't know why I brought that up. Why did I bring that up? we're talking about the book. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. But my point is, he clearly wasn't that person. I think I was just trying to make a blanket statement about how there are different type of types of people. Oh, because we were talking about sociopaths and we were saying yes, not everyone um, part of the party was a sociopath. And that's what I mean. Not everyone was there, but he was also... We, well, I mean, we like have the- to give him... We have to give him not credit. And it's like this whole thing is we don't give people... Excuse. It's not an excuse, but it's an it's explanation, explanation for well, how, again, who he is. That's 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 sort of why I like. That's the thing that's so interesting about the book is because it's not giving an excuse for Johannes. Johannes is not a bad person, or sorry, not a, not good, a good person. person. He's a very bad person. But the thing is, there's a little bit of a tragedy to his badness because the beginning of the book starts with him just being a kid who just gets swept up in the emotional like um, excitement of this political rally like he sees hitler saying these things and he doesn't really listen he doesn't hear what he's saying he just is caught up in the emotional moment of it and that's what is what catches him first and then he just falls into this cycle of brainwashing and and like it's it's like oh that's awful and sad kind of but then but it's only sad to a point because then eventually yeah, it's, it's like, sad for other people because of the way he yeah, treats others exactly it's just like we can see in people who turned out to be like really horrible Sometimes, you know, they had really horrible upbringings and that maybe didn't cause like it's not like, oh, you have an excuse for this terrible thing you did because you were abused as a child or whatever. You you don't have an excuse, but it gives us like it helps us to like maybe reconcile in our brains why they did it. It contextualizes. Yeah, it's, it's like we can understand better when someone does something shitty if they had a shitty and upbringing yeah. and that and that's why like that's why again that's why those first four few chapters for are me, so, I was so important were, we're so important and why i was so at first i was really hesitant to like the book but because of the way it like sort of turned out i realized oh it's not about excusing him or like giving tragedy to this like awful human it's about clearly and imp- more importantly understanding what this what caused this and like cataloging that and realizing this is how 
bad people like that are born and like how like we can kind of and what they do and how they control people and yeah that's why the book is so essential in my opinion it's a, it's a fantastic book obviously like, yeah like well i'm glad we both clearly agree oh, as yeah. you can as you can all understand probably that we loved this book i will say this is my favorite book i've read in at least two years i mean like and that's pretty big because i read a lot so we've been reading I, I like I started the podcast with you specifically with the intent of using this as an excuse to start reading more, which has been happening. I'm so happy about that. He's still not fast enough for I'm my not, liking. No, I'm not fast <laughs> enough. But um, I'm trying to think of all of the new books that I've read now going through the podcast and which ones have been my favorite. I think this is out of all of them. This is my favorite one that I've read. And, yeah. and that's like including the body. And and uh, I mean, like, we'll see how the rest of our first season of podcasting shakes up but like yeah this is a stunning read i feel like it's something everyone should be reading because it's especially today in like an era perspective i think it just gives a lot of perspective yeah absolutely it it really does it's very useful it's a look into the other side yeah absolutely i I say this someone who's like ideologically um an anti-fascist someone that's how i I oh yeah i was a little worried actually when i started reading the book i was like "Ooh, james might really hate yeah i ideologically am absolutely and uh sympathize with antifa and anti-fascism and that the book not like, saying i don't not so saying I, you don't but like i like no i get you I, yeah but like i'm like you're really, definitely more of a like crusader than i, I yeah, yeah i definitely have that crusade <laughs> crusader blood in me or whatever i guess and i'm like i feel like if you are someone who sympathizes with those groups as well who like who is very much interested in combating everyday fascism now in our time in our lifetime absolutely read this book i feel like it's it, or it's even if you're not helpful. super interested in that and you just want a really good read oh i'm not i'm not this saying is, no i know i'm not i know but, i'm just saying everyone else should also everyone read it. everyone else should absolutely read it but i'm just saying for people who are if that's like if that's something you're interested in absolutely pick this up immediately and read it as soon as you can because it is such an excellent uh perspective and it's not it's not a particularly it's a really not not I'm trying to think of the right words to describe it as like a read. It's so it's enthralling. It's yeah. It is so intense and it is so hard to put down. I I I was in line because I was still reading this during TIFF. Like I had like a couple days. Um, you leave things the last minute. But here's the thing. <laughs> uh, but basically, like I had as I was reading, uh, like about two or three days before my screening for the movie, I was standing in line, and usually you're standing in line for like an hour or something. Yeah. And I have like this big heavy book in in the thing, and I closed the book after I finished it, and I realized my arm was hurting <laughs> from holding the book for so long. I love that. And I and I was like, Jesus Christ, this book is giving me a. It's workout. pretty heavy. Well, it's because it's hardcover. It is hardcover. Right? It'll come out in paperback, I'm sure, but it's just come out. But man, I like I like I didn't notice until I closed the book. That's how like sucked in I was. Yeah. Like my arm just was on fire for the next two days. <laughs> That's amazing. You reading is a workout, guys. Reading is a workout, folks. It'll get you healthy. Um, I do want to talk about one more thing before we go on to the movie because yeah. I think it's relevant to our movie For discussion, sure, yeah. which is the significance of the title Caging Skies. Oh yes. Uh, so it's actually pretty poetic, I think. I think you can all probably understand the whole caging aspect of it. You know, Elsa is yeah. clearly oh, a captive. Um, but there is a scene in the book that's really quite beautiful where um, it's nearer to the end. 
um, where she like ha- she has a bird in a cage. Yeah, and it's kind of this weird power play between Elsa and Johannes, where he's saying, you know, it's it's got to stay inside. If it goes outside, it's gonna right. Yeah, it's it's gonna die. And she says, no, if I you know if I let it free. It, it'll be it, out, it'll in be, world, out in the and, world and it'll be able to live. And, and it's it's basically clearly very, about like, herself. Yeah, like it's, it's a, very, it's a pretty obvious metaphor. She's I putting think, yeah. she's putting the bird on herself. But I the way it's done, it's an obvious metaphor, but I don't even care that it's obvious well, because like, it's really beautifully done. And, and he, the way that he reacts, she sets it free. Yeah. And he goes and finds another bird and a dead bird and brings it to her and yeah. t- shows That's, her that it died. Usually I'm, <laughs> usually I'm, uh, on the nose metaphors aren't stuff that usually work for me in books, but in this, this context, because it was obvious, and then the way he twisted it to his advantage yes. is like that was like really heartbreaking, heart wrenching yes. for it sure. It was heart wrenching, but and the reason I want to bring it up before we talk about the movie is because the movie is clearly called Jojo Rabbit, and obviously we can see where Jojo comes from because like we know the character's name is Johannes, but. I was pretty interested to see where Rabbit came from, right? Because I was like, couldn't think of a time in the book uh, where well, Rabbit came up. But, of course. so anyways, we'll talk about that. But I think, generally speaking, we obviously love the book. Oh, yeah. Thank we you. think 100%. everyone should read it. Yeah, give this a read. We tried to stay as spoiler-free as we No, well, could. we didn't really. We I, spoiled I, they, a lot. We did spoil a lot, but I think that's the, like, I would have loved, that was probably the least amount we could spoil. Like, And still spoil. actually talk about it? Yeah. Uh, yes. But, like, if you, yeah, absolutely just read this book. Like, it's it's so excellent. It's uh, it's a must-read. It totally is. Sure. Like, I I want this to be, I think this would be a great book club book. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Because it'll, it'll really, you know, a lot of discussion will come from it for sure. Um, I also think that it's just like a great book to just read on your own and then pass off to someone else. Like I've already passed um, this book off to like three or four other people. And you have it back already? No, no, no. I had other copies. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, um, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap the book discussion up here, but I think we're going to move on to uh, Jojo Rabbit. Sheesh. That was intense. What am I going to do? No idea. Got it. I've negotiated. Burn down the house and blame Winston Churchill. Or negotiate. If I tell on you, you'll be in big trouble. They'll never win. Love is the strongest thing in the world. Your mother took me in. She's kind. She treats me like a person. Okay. Um, Intro. Yes. All right. We are back for uh, we're, the movie discussion. For the movie discussion for... <laughs> we're just back to hang out. We don't have anything to talk about. Yeah, we saw the movie. Uh, we liked it. And that's it. That's, Bye. that's it. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. No. no. Um, so this movie is like super highly anticipated. And I will say, I actually saw the trailer before I read the book, only because the trailer came out before the book came out in North America. And there's a really big thing that happens in the movie trailer that after reading the book, I was like, I don't understand. And it was the fact that Hitler is played as an imaginary friend to our main character. Yeah, by Taika Waititi, who also directed the film. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand. I was like, and I I remember texting James saying, how far are you into the book? And he wasn't super far, but like you had read enough. And I was like, I'm kind of convinced that this is going to be a, like the loosest adaptation oh, that I mean, we've like, ever talked about. Yeah, tonally, Jojo Rabbit is a movie. It's a different it's, genre. Yeah, it's not. It's not even close it, to the same. Kind it's a. Of, it's a. It's a satire. 
Yes. And the book is a drama, a very serious drama. Yeah, like, I mean, the book is also kind of doing some satire a little bit to an extent, but it's... But not so obvious. No, it's it's a lot, it's a lot... Uh, it's this, a lot like, beats you over the head satire. Yeah, this is very Oscar Scott satire. This is... This is Oscar ab- satire. I'm so, like, I mean, uh, I don't want to... It's going to come up, I suppose. It's going to do really well. Like we yeah. said already, it won the Girls People's Choice Award, which, which is, is considered like the unofficial start move, of the... We, well, yeah, like this and the Golden Lion are the two big ones. Yeah. And this one is right after the Golden Lion. And everyone... Movies that have won Girls People's Choice are um, La La Land. Um, uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire won. Um, um, there was a, a Green, Silver Lion's Green Playbook. Book Green got, Book yeah. won. Got, uh, yeah, that one... Um, there's there's, there's a whole like, list. there's, a there's whole a, quite of, a few there's a lot oh the king's speech also another big oscar winner. Okay, but also la la land didn't win best film just saying but it was like a, it was it was I like know. the big front runner i get it yeah <laughs> sorry moon i'm i'm like so happy that moon might be i am la too la land. I'm, to- I'm totally happy about that okay anyways um but yeah so it's considered like it's a pretty big deal that it won yeah and what i will say actually just on a like separate level to actually discussing the film when this film was announced to be part of tiff it was like this was a big deal it was the world premiere and they only had two showings yeah they later extended it and had two more showings i feel like they do that now a lot but i was so mad i was like this is like gonna be one of the biggest films of the festival and you only have two scheduled showings it sold it went off sale oh it went off sale instantaneously before member before member package sales were there because i couldn't get tickets wow jesus yeah, so I get like early pre-sales, so it's sold out to like patrons, yeah, circle people, so people who donate like thousands and thousands of dollars a year to TIFF. So I was really mad. But you got to see the movie. Yeah, so, I rushed it. I got in line at seven thirty a.m. to rush it. Oof. I, I, I uh, they luckily, because um, I do the press screenings. Yeah. Uh, I have my conference pass, and I. Still had to line up very early, and they had two screens. I know we saw it like almost at the same time, though. Which I is saw funny. it like an hour before you. Yeah. I think I went in an hour before you. Yeah. Did. But like there were literally two theaters designated for the press corps because there was that many people going to see the movie. It's huge. It's huge that it won it. It's and, really yeah. exciting. Like, it's not super exciting in the case of the book, though, just because they're clearly very different entities. the The movie takes. A very, very basic... Yeah, it's like a... It just takes sort of like the... The basic plot line, but... but Not even really, like... Johannes is a child the whole time. Yeah, they basically reframe the whole thing. It, it seems like it only happens over the course of, like, like the last year of the war is sort of, like, the vibe I get from Well, it. no, it happens a little bit before that, I would say. I, I don't know. It feels like... it Because it feels pretty explicitly, like... Like, Johannes doesn't age at all in the movie, and it very much feels like um, they're just getting kids together at the tail end of it, but they're, like, trying to pull together. They're in the midst of the war already when everything starts. Generally, because we can do this pretty pretty quickly, because it's not a super plot-heavy film. It's it's mostly based on, like, situations. So we have this general plot of... Johannes named Jojo in the film. Yeah. Uh, he is Johannes. Yeah, but, but he just nicknamed. gets the nickname Jojo. Um, and he goes to like his like pre-Hitler his Hitler training. Youth camp, which uh is pretty very, funny. Very silly. And it's it's run by Sam Rockwell, who I can't remember General something or other. Yeah, I don't remember the character names. I just basically see them as the actors. Yeah, I'm gonna we're all just gonna refer to them I'm as sorry, we're like, all as if there's more than two of us. I think that I feel like most people would do this also. Yeah, we're gonna talk about them in, in in the name the actual 
actor names because it'll be easier yeah but uh sam rockwell runs it rebel wilson is there uh and... oh the guy who plays uh theon Greyjoy. yeah he was there is there not for very long but yes i'm gonna call him theon Greyjoy. yeah i can't remember his name either Sorry, okay theon theon, theon Greyjoy. <laughs> um and yeah so he goes to this hitler camp and then he can't, they, they, they're trying to make them seem tough. They're like, you have to do tough things. And they try to make him kill a rabbit. And that's where he gets the nickname because he can't because kill him. Because he can't kill him. And then he goes to, <laughs> you know, prove, Hit, Hitler appears for a pep oh. talk, his imaginary friend yeah, his, Hitler. Yeah, his best friend is an imaginary Hitler, by the way. Uh, played by, do, do we, we, said, we said played by Tanko Watiti. Yeah, yeah, but he's just like pops in and out of the movie randomly. And like as like a helpful, like a consoling. I mean, that's he's, like that's, he's, the that's ro- why I wanted to talk about inner monologue. Yeah. The 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 way that I see this movie working is that Taika Waititi read this book after having his mom give him like the summary of yeah. it, and he was like, "Oh, this book isn't what she said. I liked what she said in the frame of my movie." And then he said, "You know, well." How can I make, like, how can we, this little boy clearly idolizes Hitler. What if his inner monologue, because it's hard to do inner monologue in a movie. Yes. This book as it is would be very, very hard to turn into a movie. Oh, I just, I like, uh, a little slightly off topic, but I just saw Ad Astra like an hour before we came here. And I really liked that movie. But the one issue I have with it is that they try to do inner monologue in the movie. And it doesn't and work. It's, it's incons- it inconsistently works. Sometimes yeah. it works, and then there's other times where it's just like way too on the nose and doesn't like add anything. Yeah, and it's, and, and, it's re- and it just it feels out of place sometimes. But it doesn't. And I I can't really think of many movies where inner monologue works very well. It's tough. Yeah, it's very tough. So this book, I don't actually think as it stood works super great but i will say having hitler as an imaginary friend come and talk to him it's almost like it gives us that way of relaying hitler's wishes and stuff like that yeah and like he plays him so silly like that's the point oh the point is absolutely just to make a mockery of hitler which is like fun like it is it's very fun and rewarding we're all like yes make fun of him but it's 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 well done in that regard, and it's like that's his way of getting around doing an inner monologue, and I think that really works. It's definitely I don't know if it's like it's not doing the same thing that an inner monologue would do, but it is absolutely. That's why I said it's his way of getting around. Yeah, but it is absolutely <laughs> conveying like uh, instead the same of, kind of yeah. perspective. The instead same of kind getting of, jo- JoJo's thoughts. I mean, theoretically, if you want to look at it from. Uh, the book perspective the books like the inner monologue is basically hitler's propaganda force yeah exactly it's like forming his ideal yeah and basically he's just hitler's just there telling him that in the context of the movie it's not as necessarily not in the same way but no it's 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 a very interesting choice it's smart yeah and it in for like doing it as a political satire it it works and it, it's really interesting. But anyways, so he he goes and he convinces Jojo, well, you have to do something really brave to prove to everyone. You can tough it out like everyone oh, else. yes. And then this is how he gets injured. Yeah, he... Um, he goes and he... he lobs a grenade. And, a hand grenade, but it, it hits it, a tree and flies back at him. And then he just scars himself up and ends up with a limp and then but which, like barely everyone's like oh your face is disfigured and it's like barely it's like a, a scar barely, yeah it's not i was like oh yeah his face is yeah. really disfigured and then and then the movie from there kind of turns into the um sort of like the book where it, it, it he realizes there's a jew hiding in the wall and it's elsa and he forms a relationship with her 
This time, though, uh, it's, very, it's different. very different. The relationship is not nearly... It's basically the romanticized version of the relationship. Elsa is a very strong woman. In yeah. The, she isn't in the book. No, yeah. She's very... And I don't mean to say that she never was. She was clearly very beaten down, tired, starved in the book. But in the in this movie version, Elsa's like very willful and independent. And, you know, Jojo threatens to call and get her arrested and she like threatens to kill him and like do all this stuff. And she basically has, con- she's in control realistically. Oh yeah. No, I mean like, like the whole fun gag in the thing is that he wants to write a book about, about Jews, about Jews. And then, and so he's asking, he's asking her, her for questions information and, he gives, and, she, and just she just lies. gives, yeah, he, she doesn't just lie. She lies very absurdly. Oh like, yeah. Says, she like, says, she said like one of the things is we're allergic to good food or something. Yeah. Or like salted meats or something. And she's like, give, yeah, and that like kind of like, is oh, oh my, guy. my favorite thing that she, he, he says, well, all Jews are demons. And where are your horns? And she goes, oh, I'm too young. They haven't come in yet. Like, it's very, like, she just kind of goes with whatever he says and, like, over-exaggerates it. And they, basically, the movie is slowly whittling down Johannes's sort of, like, um, terrible ideology. uh, And he sort of, like, comes around and realizes, oh, she's a human. And Yeah, and they become almost, like, brother and sister. Like, he very much loves her still. Yeah. He, He romantically loves her. Yeah. But he clearly, what I was talking about before, whereas, you know, like the whole Nazis can can have redeemable factors. Um, He's clearly, that's that character. He's someone who's, you know, brainwashed to think Hitler's amazing, blah, 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 blah. And by the end, he's like, no, no, no. That's not right. This is what's right. There's a line in the movie where Elsa's just like, you're not a Nazi. You're just a kid who wants to be part of something bigger than himself. Like he wants to be a part of a club. That's all that is going on. Yeah. And essentially uh, that's like that, like that's probably true to an extent. Like that, that is probably how brainwashing to an extent for some people absolutely works. And that's sort of what. And maybe what helps with the movie is that it is a shorter time period. Yeah. Like they're able, because it honestly felt like, for instance, one thing I know I already said to you, even though we're not supposed to talk about films, I was like sort of surprised. It's like a pretty stacked cast. So like Scarlett Johansson plays Jojo's mom. His dad's not in the picture. His grandma's not even a character. Yep. Uh, Um, We said Sam Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Rebel Wilson, Theon Greyjoy, um, and Stephen Merchant is in oh, it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he, he, he plays shows like up. a Gestapo yeah, officer. He, they do this funny gag where everyone says Heil, Heil Hitler like a like hundred times. A hundred times, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like it's a really stacked cast, but it's funny because what I didn't like about that was certain characters like Scarlett Johansson's incredible. Like she's really incredible in this film. She does a really great job. She's actually a great character. Very again, he he had very strong female characters, excluding Rebel Wilson, who felt like she had like maybe three or four lines the whole movie. And I was like, why are you even here? Like it felt like her oh, for, talent just, was wasted. It was just sort of like for a couple gags, and that was pretty much it. But she, it, yeah, it just like I was the whole time. I was like, it just yeah. felt weird that she was there. Yes. And Stephen Merchant even, like, I get he was, like, a bit character for a specific scene. Yeah. But even still, I was, like, oh, like, a little sad because I love him and I just want him to be the whole movie. Yeah. On the subject of adaptation, because this is, like... No, it's fine. (laughs) But, like, um, I just sort of... uh, I'm just sort of trying to think because the 
movie like there's really not much to talk about in terms of adaptation in terms of like because like it is really bare bones we kept we kept some character names obviously yeah but like it's the Bessler family and so the thing that i want to bring up in regards to this though is that i think there's one thing that the movie does that the book it sort of takes it from the spirit of the book that it does really well okay which is i think it's really excellent at showing nazis as a death cult like you sort of yeah, mentioned yeah, the idea yeah. of cult behavior in the yeah. book and that is very much the book and the movie doesn't do that quite as much because there's like a it's supposed to be kind of a little bit more fun uh well, and, it's, yeah it's poking fun the yeah whole sort time. of poking fun and stuff but like it really still does sort of convey how like that mentality how like insane it is like at first it's very silly at first but then it kind of gets later into the movie and there's like a scene later on that i don't want to spoil too much but there's a lot of death and carnage because yeah there are the it's war the war ending. right yeah and all these all these characters are dying in the movie and and then you're sort of realizing like oh all these people they're going off to war in these in this really like they're these it's very insane and cult-like and it's wild and you're just like oh. and they don't even really know what they're getting into yeah they don't even fully understand yeah. and grasp that would like that to me like the movie at least sort of like had like a grasp on like the intent of what the novel yes. was clearly doing and tried to incorporate that spirit of it as well as it did. And I think it I think it succeeded to an extent. Yes. Yeah. And so the part that um, I was talking about earlier that I was like, oh, it doesn't really make sense where I'm talking about it with Taika Waititi during the Q&A saying there are, there are good things about bad people is actually about Sam Rockwell's character. Uh, That's I... specifically what he was talking about. He was talking about the specific german general who wasn't actually part of the nazi party but like ended up in things just because of circumstances wait is he based on a real person um i think like very well like but like he's like taking very loosely i didn't know that okay um i think i think he's clearly like this guy wasn't actually a nazi whereas sam rockwell's character is but sam rockwell's character has like two pretty redeeming moments one where he kind of saves elsa and one where he saves Jojo. And he kind of... Yeah. Whether that's... He would do that for anyone or it's because he was doing it for Jojo. It's sort of... Because him and Jojo have a relationship. This is this is, this is actually sort of my one problem issues with the movie, actually. Because I, like, I know what you're getting at. And I sort of like the idea of that on paper. But in the actual movie, I just... I feel like Sam Rockwell as a character is played way too much for laughs in a lot of portions in the early parts and there's like there's a hint of like a really interesting character there he's clearly like there's a hint there that he uh, has a relationship with theon Greyjoy. like there's sort yeah, of like yeah, a, yeah. a subplot there that may be on the cutting room floor perhaps but he clearly has like that kind of going on for him and then then there's like the scene later where he sort of like knows something's kind of up in the house with elsa and, and sort of manages to like save jojo and elsa from that whole situation so you obviously know like something's going on with him and i feel like there was definitely more to his character because later in the movie he ends up saving uh jojo in yeah like, huge fashion yeah i think it's i think it's just interesting i think the the purpose of that was probably just to show again that people aren't always all bad. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't done like in a big enough way. I, I get what you're saying, but I felt like almost every character except Jojo and Elsa are underrepresented in the film. Maybe not Scarlett Johansson's character as the mother. She was like pretty well 
um, oh, she, well yeah. realized. But other than maybe those three characters, so Jojo, Elsa, and uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, everyone else, I felt like their roles were quite small. Even though Sam Rockwell was a big part, well, it felt like he in was, the scheme he, of yeah, things. Yeah, he did feel like small. He was a pretty brand. insular character. I I suppose I just wish he would have been a bigger player. Like, yeah. Just like, he seemed like he's to see, me the You most, felt like there was more. There's, yeah, he was definitely to me the most interesting potentially the most interesting character in this but it just sort of wasn't realized the one thing that does really work about the movie though it's I'm very sorry, funny it's it is funny <laughs> that's the, really works um i think the relationship with jojo and his mom scarlett johansson it's great really it's good. amazing like, that's really strong to me because it's 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 different from the book it's significantly different from the book though yeah scarlett oh, yeah. johansson plays a much more empathetic yeah and she and, like she's very much emphasizing empathy and love and that's obviously what this movie is like internally or like yeah. trying to like accept explicitly pushes like its overarching theme and message yeah oh totally um, but it's trying the, to destroy hate yeah that really was what i got from it yeah i think it's i don't know if like i don't know how successful it is in destroying hate i think it's just making a mockery of it but it is absolutely like a very lovely story about love for sure like it very much is like a, a it's an it's sorry trying, maybe not destroying hate overcoming hate overcoming hate. that's more what i meant yeah but it very much like sort of it really hedges its bets on love and i think this it's very interesting because the movie is so someone it's gotten some bad reviews i haven't read post, any reviews post tiff and the thing that i really kind of like about it though is that someone brought this up to me a friend of mine he said that the way he saw the movie because a lot of people were looking for like this really deep introspective thing about like nazis and fascism and and love I'm so and, hate. To... and he his whole thought on the process, I was like, well, Taika Waititi's movies are all about kids. And this is more about a movie for kids who don't maybe know much about Nazis. I do not it. think that this movie is for children. I absolutely It do. is not crazy. Maybe older, maybe like teenagers. It's not a pro. It's like a little not not Maybe not the age of Jojo, but I absolutely think that kids like in like they're, I think kids are smarter than some people let on. No, I'm not saying about smartness. Oh, no, I'm talking I, about appropriate. Oh, appropriate I'd say level. I'd say a 11, 10, 11 year old could absolutely watch this movie. And I think this would be like a great. Um, little, like, I would agree, except for the ending with the war scene. I think that's too much. I don't I think know. Uh, I know and babysit a lot of 10 and 11 year olds, James. And I'm saying that they shouldn't watch that. Maybe maybe it's for some kids it would be too much but i honestly think there are a lot of kids that could actually handle that stuff and maybe should be exposed and like try to learn about this stuff and this is like a good i think older yes all right well maybe we're getting hung up on the age but i think that it is absolutely more of a movie made for younger people than older like i think because it's not like giving any kind of particularly interesting like new it's, revelations it's, it's about... funny that you say that because i went and saw it and i was saying afterwards the reason i didn't put i have like a, a system at tiff where i like rank movies and jojo rabbit didn't make it into great it made it into good and the reason it made it into good was because when i left i didn't really think much about it it was a movie where everything was on the table. Like I was yeah, enjoying it oh, while 100%. I was there. But then when I left, I wasn't like really thinking about it. Whereas a movie like Parasite was a movie that I, to bit like still weeks and weeks later, I'm like, oh my God, and that. Like I think about it often and it like, it really like fucked with my head a little bit. And it's Jojo Rabbit was one of these movies that I really, really enjoyed it. I had such a great time watching it. But when I left, I was like, oh, okay, yep. 
On to the next thing. Yeah, there, there, there's not really, like, it's not something that really stuck with me. And that's where the book does the opposite. Oh, yeah. The book really stuck with me. Oh, and I, that, yeah. to me, is when something is really, really successful. That's the difference between good and great, when you are really left thinking about something after the fact. Yeah, but I most, I, I agree to that. And that's how sort of like sort of why I kind of come away from the movie and I like it, but I don't necessarily have like a humongous affinity for needing to rewatch it. But I also think that some people will get value out of it. And I think it will be. My sister loved it. My sister absolutely adored it. (laughs) She was like, when I was like, oh, yeah, it was good. She was like, no, it was amazing. Like she would not hear anything else from me. I think it's going to be one of those movies. Oh, yeah, no, and I, I think that, and like There's going to be people who just love this movie. Yeah, totally. And I think there for, for there's a good reason that it will appeal to a huge audience, I think, and why it's going to have probably tons of success, probably. I will be happy if it wins a bunch of awards. I honestly will be happy. Oh, yeah. No, there, there's way worse movies that will probably get nominated for Oscars that I will. Every like, year. Every year there are. Eh. And, and. <laughs> This is fine. If this is one of those best picture winners, uh, yeah, I have I'm no happy. problem with that because I feel like most people can get behind. And I also think it is a good. Me- we talked about it. It is a good message. Oh yeah, it's not like it's not like it's doing. Uh, it's not. There's nothing controversial about it. It's not necessarily pushing any boundaries, which is usually what I look for in really great films. Yeah. But it's like a fun movie, and I think there are going to be people that you, you can show this to your slightly older kids, and they will absolutely <laughs> get value out of that and be able to kind of like see what it like kind of see a perspective i also from... think i also think it's not just for kids it's for everyone i think it's not, i not, think everyone can learn a lesson from not, it i i maybe yes if you haven't learned or it's a good lesson to reaffirm for people I suppose. yeah there's nothing yeah, like harmful affirmation. about it uh, but I think it's and also it's kind of rewarding it's one of like there's one scene in particular that i won't spoil because it's like obviously like the penultimate moment of the movie between jojo and hitler and it's like rewarding. It's oh, so that's very, rewarding. That's very cathartic. Um, I, yeah, I won't spoil it either. And then there's also another moment in the film that is actually very genuinely touching and sad and very horrifying, uh, which is uh, involves. Um, I don't want to say too much. I just uh, need like keywords. Um, shoelaces. Oh yeah. There's yeah, a yeah, whole yeah. thing with shoelaces in this film. Uh, there's a motif that they play and it pays off like a fucking gut punch. It's real good. It's, it is really well yeah. done. Yeah. Um, if I if I took anything from that movie, it would be the the use of that motif and the strength of storytelling on that in that subplot. Yeah. I'm so also, I mean so vague right now. Also, I'm so sorry. But, like, but I just don't want to spoil it. Sorry, you brought something up for me with that that's like related. Yeah. But also more big picture. Visually, it's a really well done film. It visually looks cool. Oh, it's very colorful. It's super um, colorful, bright, eye-catching. It it does a lot. It did a lot for me. Like it was very visually stimulating and not in a like busy, distracting, overwhelming way. Like yeah. in a perfectly it has like a big in- I remember it has like a big like uh, introduction with like a like a really hyper edited opening and then it doesn't really do that for the rest of the movie. It's just like actually very simple storytelling uh, and blocking and I think that despite that despite that simplicity it still is like it moves on like a nice little quick pace and like it has like a lot of a pretty nice visual palette for sure absolutely yeah and and there's a couple scenes specifically that i'm thinking of that i just was like wow it's like beautiful like the scene where they're like you know in the robot costumes 
walking up the street. Oh, yeah, that's which, so funny. That was in the trailer, so I don't yeah. feel bad saying anything about it. But um, it's just, like, very visually appealing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I felt, I like, it was very easy on the eyes to watch. Um, and I thought that was really successful, too. Yeah, totally. Um, but is there any, like, anything else big that you really want to say about the film? Or do you feel like we've... I, yeah, I mean, like, we're getting... Again, we're, the problem is, this one's so new... And I, like I'm, I'm really hesitant to spoil this shit. I mean, like, I'm going to put a spoiler warning at the f- yeah. before the end of the, before this episode for pretty much everything. Uh, and and even that, we're still sort of keeping it kind of low key here. But um, it is like I th- I absolutely think it's like worth a watch for sure. Yeah. I don't know if the endings are different, which is super. Interesting. Oh yeah, we can talk about that. That's uh... well, we can't talk about it without spoiling it. Did we? Because we we don't want to say the ending of either. But it's like the complete opposite. Or they they take one tiny part from the book, okay. but then it com- like immediately erases. Do, do you know what I'm gonna say right now? What? I feel like we've we've been talking for a little over an hour, um, and I feel like maybe we can mark a point right here. Like if we want to talk about any spoilers at this point on, we can. We can talk about whatever the fuck spoilers book movie. Um, and from this point on, if you don't want to hear any spoilers about anything, just skip to the end of the episode. Okay, so we're mostly just gonna talk about the difference in the ending. Yeah, because that's like. It's pretty marked. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is your warning right now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Go for it. So obviously in the book, he keeps Elsa locked up, moves her from place to place. Yep. We see that. And it's not until the very end when they're fighting, they're in a really big fight that he kind of alludes to the fact that the war is actually wasn't won by germany yeah he doesn't full out say it but it's clear he, he says it like he basically reads off an article is yeah what's going on he basically and he he sort of like oh wow a, a jew a jewish woman was kept in an apartment for four yeah. years and no and she didn't know that the war wasn't over and then like it's very it's not like and elsa clearly understands but also doesn't really say anything she like, and that doesn't react and he almost and he immediately thinks like i'm I'm home free. I'm going to, she's going to stay. She's staying. Everything's golden. And it's interesting because he thinks, like, it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome. Like, he thinks, I provide, provided, like, he, but he's it's, on the other end. Well, yeah, it's weird. Know? It's like he's, he's coming out of his reverie almost. Like, he's desperately trying to, like, like, he's finally he making to, that app. He wants to come clean because he wants to know for sure if this he, is I real. I think he's just stuck. Yeah, I think he's stuck is in, this like, this real? version of reality that he has and he wants to be out of it or fi- discover whether or not like like what will happen once that the bubble burst the bubble burst yeah. will happen and that's sort of like his thing and for a while it seems like he's home free and then Elsa eventually leaves and yeah and nothing and and, he, and it's just nothing and just nothing nothing happens nobody ever comes for him no, it's never any big news she just leaves he never and, hears anything about it's her very anticlimactic for him and he doesn't know and, what to do about and it and it's amazing it is wonderful it's, it's like you fucking ending. deserve it yeah you deserve that in and he indecision f- and everything that she ever felt that loneliness that feeling like just feeling totally oh, isolated yeah. now he has yeah, to go he through gets that the isolation too because no one likes him he's he's all alone to himself he's anyway. given up on everything just to keep her captive yeah and now that she's like gone, he had so many options that he 
Like so well, many like, things he could have done, and he wasted money. My, my like, favorite thing is that he he did that whole thing where he he because he didn't have any money, he basically sawed his house in half to yeah. like provide rent for someone. Yeah, and like the apartment building and stuff like that. And because of the way that it's like it was designed in the room that he stays, he in doesn't get the Elsa kitchen leaves, or the bathroom. He basically he has a he, room. He turns his room into essentially the cubby that uh, Elsa yeah. stayed in when she was a captive. So he becomes. It's he like becomes captive. perfect yeah. justice for this it's, dirty rotten it's person. It's cathartic. It is so cathartic. It is cathartic. so cathartic. So the other so in the in the movie, yeah. what happens is um Elsa hears the cheering, stuff's going on, and Jojo comes back and she says what happened, and he lies and say, says does, Germany yeah. wins. But then he then she, you know, she's clearly sad, all this stuff. And then something that they they did throughout the film was he wrote her letters from her dead. Uh, fiance. Yeah. And he, like, they're, like they're, they're clearly, they're, she knows he yeah, wrote like them. Like he's, he's right. He, he's pretending to be the voice of him and, and it's very, it's sweet. It's, it's sweet. sweet. It is very sweet. Actually. Um, yeah. Cause he's doing it to try and make her feel yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyways, he reads one of those letters to her and then, um, he basically says, I have a way I'm going to save you. Like we're going to sneak out of here. And then he brings her outside and then he just stands in front of her on the porch and she's just out in the open with no protection and nothing's happening. It's just like a nice day outside. People are walking by, whatever. And so she clearly under, she like understands what's going on. Yeah. She slaps him across the face, which justifiably. Yeah. But then it's clear that they like go on to just like maybe, yeah, it's be a bit, together because it's like a brotherly sister. Well, that's thing the at thing. That like, like, that's the that's the main core difference and between the book and the movie. He's it, alone. She's alone. They can be together, and he honestly needs someone to take care of him. He's a young, young boy. Yeah. Well, I just I think it, like the differences just perfectly illustrate exactly like in the ending how different the book and the movie are in terms of like what their intents and what they're yeah. trying to do. Which is one is this inner this this dissection of this character and about like how like this terrible abusive relationship comes from an ideology and the other is essentially the romanticized version about how love conquers hate and um the two different end goals and they're basically not really it's very barely an adaptation of it um, takes names it takes takes a few plot points but the plot point it mostly takes is about a Jewish girl being held in a wall. Yeah. Which is, we've seen that in very many other... Well, like, I, I didn't see a Q&A. You did. But the, the one thing I did hear coming out of the Q&A, the one quote I did hear was that Taika Waititi said something along the lines of, uh, um, we need to be able to tell the same, find new ways to tell the same story. Yeah. And that's uh, such a great uh, mentality because, I mean, like, whether or not this exact film or this story works for you, it, like, it obviously depends it's on It's so the universal. Person, but it's absolutely a necessity to continue making sure that we, this story is not ever forgotten. Like, this is, uh, like, one of the seminal moments well, we, of the Well, we talk century. about it all the time of, you know, there's, like, even last year with all those children... Um, in the states, being like held, yeah, in, in, in like all those, in cap- yeah, like there's literally concentration camps in yeah, the United States it's, again. It's like, ha- did we learn nothing from World War II? No, we apparently, and, not. and that's why it is important to keep reaffirming yeah. these stories and and showing people like there's so many there are so many people who say the Holocaust didn't happen, and it's like what and then those same people who say the holocaust didn't happen also say but if it happened it was good like yeah like like they're just like 
there are bad it's just really people. shitty that there are people yeah. like that and if we don't keep telling these stories it's possible that number grows and it's and it's nice that like i'm i'm happy i'm fine and this is why like i'm okay with this movie being what it is even though it's like technically about a kid who's in the hitler youth it's about a movie about it realistically it's it's showing um a fascist dictator death cult and how awful that death cult is at the end of the day and i think a lot of people will absolutely see the obvious yes. message in that and oh it's it's not trying to hide its message yeah, it's very so ex- there's no hidden messages yeah, exactly. it's so, what it is you know, i'm glad that i'm fine with this movie existing just for that reason yeah. like yeah give me more of that shit like love conquers hate i'm 100% on board with that kind of stuff uh, yeah so like the the movie I mean, we can we can. Wait, have a, we have to ask our question. We're going which is to. We're, so, I was just getting which to is, it. Which is so arbitrary yeah. this episode, but I think it's important to still ask. It is because it's the point. It's the whole point of oh, what we're doing. The whole point of the podcast um, is this, Nikki. Is this a good adaptation? <laughs> so of of the book Caging Skies is Jojo Rabbit an a good uh, ad, appropriate good adaptation? Okay, I will say that there are things about it that I think are actually very smart adaptation choices. I mentioned Hitler as a inner monologue. I think that's actually a really smart adaptation choice. I think that shortening the story was a smart adaptation choice for film, yeah. obviously. Um, but generally speaking, I don't actually think I can give a straight answer other than whether or not I liked the film because it's just too different. I just think it's, I can't even say if it's good or bad or successful or not not successful because it's just so loose. It is such a loose adaptation. Yeah. So my feelings on it, before we started the podcast, I knew we were going to come to an episode like this at some point. Yeah, we were gonna we'll, and we'll, we'll hit yeah. many more, I'm sure. We will. So I'm tempted to give an answer because we're going to absolutely get to that point. So my answer is that I do not think that Jojo Rabbit is a good adaptation of Caging Skies. One thing we didn't talk about is I think that you could actually make an excellent version of Caging Skies into a movie and it would be terrific. I would love to see a, a, a realized version of that book, which is another reason why I can't say it's a good adaptation. But the thing is, this just sort of proves the point that sometimes the question about whether a it's a good adaptation or not is kind of irrelevant. Yeah. And I think it's irrelevant here because um, it, it's, it's both are awesome. Yeah. They're just so different. If yeah, the fact that it's irrelevant, it's cool to me that I think that that's a special thing that we can go ahead and find a book that can inspire us to make new stories. And so when I say something that Jojo rabbit is a bad adaptation of caging skies, it is. Uh, but it's uh, a good, still a good movie. Good movie, and I think and a great book, and yeah, an excellent book. And I hope, and, and that's the that's the best thing about this. I didn't just get one new story that I really you liked. Got I got two. Yeah, and that's that's really cool. So I have no problem with where this ended up. I don't either. Yeah, I remember even you saying before you saw the movie that you didn't think you were gonna like it. And I'm glad I yeah, I really went into it being oh. like I this doesn't look like my my bag, and it won me over. It did. And like, I think that says something for the movie itself. Yeah. Because I, I went in thinking, I'm going to love this. I'm going to think <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and it's a really well-cut trailer, I think. You might disagree. I mean, I, I, I didn't really pay much attention to the trailer. I don't oh. like watch. I don't. Like I watched it and I was like, I cannot wait to see this movie. I was like, and it's based off this book. And I was so excited. But yeah. I don't watch it, trailers that often. Oh, uh, I, I don't either, actually, though. Oh, so this is just an anomaly. This is just like an anomaly that I saw this trailer. But anyways, that's besides the point. Yeah. Both great stories. Even though they have similarities, so different. 
Oh yeah, exactly. Tone, uh, execution, genre, genre. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and and in the characters, even the name characters themselves, completely different people. Jojo um, is not the same person exactly. as Johannes. Exactly. I, that's why I made sure I was like, I'm calling him Johannes for the book oh, and yeah. Jojo for the movie because they're different to me. Oh, they're they they're are different they're, they're literally different people. Um, but yeah, like uh, absolutely, I give despite the fact that I give this a no technically not a good adaptation seal of approval stamp or whatever we're calling it well i gave it a i can't answer so so this is basically a failure it basically failed our podcast yeah sorry sorry it's binary it's an anomaly it's a binary uh answer on this podcast yes no this is actually jojo rabbit is bad bad we decided we because we said this it's yeah. bad no <laughs> that, yeah we should work out our podcast like we have some issues here <laughs> we have some problems here <laughs> we'll work on that and get back to you it's on yeah go check out jojo rabbit and more importantly read, read Cajun, Cajun skies Cajun skies is yeah. a, a delight a delightful wow. well it's a, <laughs> it's pretty depressing to be honest maybe not delight uh it's it was i'm so delighted that i read it there you go there we go is that better yeah all right so we have a couple like you know things to say we obviously are gonna thank victoria who did our logo victoria, as per usual. thank you for the logo uh we have isabel wing who did our lovely lovely music yeah we love it obviously we use it yeah. all the time uh and katrin who is helping us out she listens to every episode gives us notes she gave us a mic she's the best love her yep and also, we want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe. It yep. really makes a difference. We would really love if you would do it. Please do that. That's That would be really nice. Yeah, we would love it. And it helps us to, gives us inspiration to keep going. Motivation, yeah. not inspiration. You know what I mean. Yes. We just want to remind you to uh, please, 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 please support your public library. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Bye.